0: Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm your host, Anthony Cochrane. Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. Uh, Today I'm joined by Head Coach of the Townsville Flames, uh, Luke Brennan. So welcome, Luke. G'day, Anthony. How are you? (laughs) Good, mate. (laughs) A little little technical hiccup there to start, but anyway, we're into it. And I just wanted to uh, ask you first up about, uh, you, you just come off the back of the 19-20 Nineteen twenty WNBL season with the Townsville Fire and the, the Women's League. And how was that season for you? And like working as an assistant coach, what sort of things, um, you know, what was a role that you had and what sort of things have come over yep. now to your um, NBL 1 North season?
1: Yeah, um, look, personally, I had a great year. I loved it. We had a great um, group of players. Besides the record obviously not being great at all, um, it was a fantastic year and for my coaching development, um, Shannon Seabohm is not only is a great guy, we actually became pretty good mates. He's coming around this afternoon with his family actually. Um, nice. but, uh, he's an excellent coach. Um, technically he just, he knows the game so well. He's, he's very bright, uh, especially with his pick and roll, um, coaching. He, he can pick apart teams, identify their weaknesses And so to be able to, you know, I always, I feel like I had a pretty good understanding of um, the pick and roll game, but you know, just his, his, the way he can look at all different options and so quickly um, was a really good learning curve for myself to see how that, how that works. And then um, I guess to answer your other part of the question about how that sort of my role, um, well, besides obviously uh, on court at trainings all the time, I started to do a bit of uh, scouting of other teams, of course, He'd like to do most of it. He'd like to see a lot of it. And we had a technical coach as well, Paul Foster, that did quite a bit himself. But um, I'd scout teams um, and help with the cutting up of the tape there. Um, do individuals, of course, just a lot of the usual things that assistants do. I guess we we were a bit unlucky that we, we had trouble finding another assistant. So it was just Shannon and I. So and I have a full time job as a teacher. So to right. able to yeah to do that with him um, was tricky, but but doable but he he works pretty hard so he covered a lot of it
0: oh nice okay so yeah I was going to ask you about. uh, I know I follow Paul Foster and and the work that he does in terms of the analytics and it seems like you know just a whole other language uh, in terms of the what they can capture these days and how they can break down games and stuff like that so you know at that WNBL level do you uh, obviously you know what sort of stuff are you looking at uh, when you talk about those advanced stats and, and the video and that sort of thing
1: uh, yeah, look, and to be to be honest, this this is still a learning curve for myself. I'm sort of, you know, this is my second year of the WNBL, um, and I, I, you know, I'm as I said, I'm trying to learn a lot of it. Um, besides the obvious stuff about um, all your field goal percentages and so on, three point shooting and everything, we're looking at everyone's plus minus, of course, um, the most effective lineup we could have at the time, so all yeah. five of them. Um, we, they're the main ones that we look at, but and look and I know analytics is is you know becoming more and more important but we were sort of at the stage you know having a losing record and really struggling for so long you know we kind of knew there was some glaring holes in our game that we didn't need the analytics to tell us yeah <laughs> um, so i i don't think we leaned on that as heavily as maybe one of the top 4 sides might i guess oh yeah if that if that makes sense yeah you know we can see that we just we're getting no dribble penetration, you know, um, we're not making enough contact on screens. Just all the, I guess, basketball coaching side of it that we were really focusing on, which meant we weren't too heavy on the analytics this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. One thing that I'm a little bit interested in is, is how much of uh, what you do and what you learn at that WNBL level and, and how to how do you bring that across into the NBL One North? Do you have some ideas that you saw that maybe, you know, you do some stuff and you think oh, that worked really well? Um, we'll give that a crack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um,
1: yeah, I remember two years ago, I mean, two years ago when Claudia Brissard was coaching and I started with the fire, yeah. just little things, just different strategic things about, you know, just – Oh, for example, being up the floor with your big, whoever's inbounding, we're going to deny, trap that one, let them throw it into the fo- uh, an off guard or something and just try and disrupt their rhythm that way, just those little things that maybe aren't as consistently done in state league levels. Yeah. Um, it, it is a bit tricky. I'm trying to find a balance of what <laughs> what I can because you see a lot of good things, but it's not always translatable in the sense you get, you know, two trainings a week with your state league team. Yeah, You've got to be able to put in... The really basic important stuff, as as long as as well as constantly reinforcing those good habits that you want. Yeah. So it is a bit tricky because then of course the WNBL you're training five six times a week. Um, but I guess this year was again the pick and roll stuff that I'd like to try and look at. Um, sort of the way Shannon breaks it down, I've been able to learn a fair bit of that and all the different options about whether teams are switching, hedging, icing, whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, all the diff- And not just right there at the breakdown, but of course, your spacing players as well and their reads from that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those pick and roll coverages, I think, are the big ones that I'm trying to put into the QBL this year. Because we've got actually Jamie uh, Shannon's wife, yeah. Jamie Seabone, um, who's a WNBL veteran. She's going to be our point guard this year. So she has a great understanding of that side of it as well. So I'm hoping to play a fair bit out of that.
0: Oh, nice! Like you said, it's the second year with the with the Flames this year. Have you? Would you sort of say you've been able to implement your own coaching style in, in amongst the group? And what does that look like?
1: Um, I like. I think so. Uh, <laughs> last year was a bit. Last year was a bit challenging in the sense we had a different lineup every second week. That we parted ways. Parted ways with an import, uh, maybe a third of the way through the season, a bit more, maybe halfway. Um, you know, brought in another player. We, and again, we had players in and out with different national duties, World Union games, all those sorts of things. And I know a lot of teams go through, but I felt like we had a really disrupted year in that sense. So to have the one style um, was tricky, but I'd like to think that we, we had a tough defensive mindset. Yep. Um, I know a lot of people talk about it, but I feel like we did it. We were uh, went back to look at all the numbers from last year and I think we were one of the second best defensive teams analytically. In the in the league, right, um, and that showed getting to the semi and not quite the big the big game, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just that the def- I guess our style is the defensive side, but, all, but sticking to the detail. I'm a yeah. big believer in all those little things add up to a big thing, and we just try not to slacken off at training with any of those, just yep. whether it's denial one pass away, whether we're. You know all the little deflections, blockouts, all the little stuff that I think people start taking for granted, and everyone just wants to focus on the great set play. But if if you don't have that team identity, that that toughness, I think you can get in a bit of trouble.
0: Yeah, and probably for people who might not know, you you had a career yourself as a as a men's player. Um, obviously playing at the NBL level and then again uh, at the State League level with different teams, but more recently up there in Townsville too. But were there some aspects of of how you played as a person that you're trying to bring into the team environment there as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, And thanks for calling it a career. I'm not (laughs) sure that's the word I use, but I did play for a bit. Um, Yeah, look, I I always like to think that I was a a team first player. Um, I felt like I was a reasonably... Intelligent player, I had to be because I was never athletically gifted, so I had to sort of use my size and smarts, I guess. Um, but I, I, I like the I like to think of the way I played translates a bit to how I coach about the old Phil Jackson, the we ahead of the me, um, yeah. that mentality. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and again, the defensive side of things, I I pride myself on my defence, um, mainly down low around the bucket. I couldn't really guard down the perimeter, but. Um, <laughs> And then being lucky enough to play under some great coaches um, that were a def- had a defensive focus, I've always tried to, yeah, maintain that now as I get into coaching, for sure.
0: Yeah, so who were some of those uh, early coaches and, and how did they influence, say, what you're doing now?
1: Uh, well, yeah, uh, look, I'm going to forget some people, I'm sure, but uh, I played when I was at the Kings. Gorgian was the coach there, so that was an incredible experience. Yeah. Um, Again, he was incredibly defensive focused, yep. um, Just, and I was a fair bit younger then, um, and so obviously knew very little, and so that was a real eye-opener and a great couple of years. Uh, but yeah, the, his just toughness, um, everything from breaking down from the very beginning about as soon as you pick the ball up, your footwork. We, we were doing really basic drop-step drills. He had brought in his, I can't remember his name. But a mate of his from America came over, and I'll never forget running those drills. And I'm doing it now with our Flames crew. Yeah. But just that muscle memory of the drop step, with the slide step, and so on. That, again, I just think falls by the wayside a lot of the time. As I see a lot of these junior teams training, yeah. And then then we expect people to be able to contain the ball as a 20 year old. Mm. And they, you know. Um, but yeah, Gorgon was was a big one. Um, Rob Beveridge. I was lucky enough to play for Bevo for a few years in my days in Sydney, North um, Bears, yeah. and. You know, his uh, he's, he's been my he was my favourite coach, I think, for sure. He, just the way he his temperament with the players, um, you, he really made you want to play for him. On top mm. of being an incredibly smart coach, um, again, defensive focus. Um, sorry, Anthony, got my kid's knocking at my door. Um, <laughs> you get that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Bevo was a great one, but again, he was yeah, as I said, defensive focused. Um, and they'd be the two, the two big ones. Mike Kelly coached us up here for a couple of years when I moved to Townsville. Um, oh, nice. Again, an elite yeah. defender in his day. Um, but, yeah, and I, I guess all of them sort of had this in common that they were really great guys. They, they treated you with respect, but they, there was also no nonsense with them. You had to get yeah. things done. Yeah. But you, you knew it wasn't personal and it was always the coaching, not criticism.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's so important, isn't it? Like in terms of just building the culture that you want, but also the, the, the communication between the players and the coach. Absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to
1: work on that myself. I, um, I'm i a bit blunt at times, I think. And, yeah, I'm, it's something I'm conscious of now that I've moved into coaching. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And did you ever see yourself back in the day there when you were playing, like coaching, a, a women's um, NBL one sort of or state league team?
1: Yeah. Um, a little bit. I mean, not specifically women. I, I was thinking coaching men or women. I yeah. hadn't really thought about it too much. But I I had, you know, as everyone does, you think about what you might do if you stop playing. And I knew a lot of good mates that just had nothing to do with the game when they finished. I'm still yeah. friends with them, but they still aren't involved. And then I had mates that went on to coaching. And I always wondered about what I might do. And I just, yes, yeah, every year kicks on. I just keep loving it. And I don't want to be away from it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. I guess yeah. one of the things too, like I have uh, I interviewed uh, Chris Richards, who's the coach for the Ipswich uh, men's team, and he's a teacher as well. And I've always been a bit interested after talking with Warwick Can too about, you know, what are the things that cross over between teaching as a job and then mm-hmm. uh, coaching uh, in, in a team environment? And what are the yeah. things that sort of are consistent for you, you know, like in yeah. terms of the way you teach and then the way you coach? Well, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm
1: really trying to um, – focus on because I think there's a big relationship you know between the, the two of them um, yeah. they're very similar in a sense of a lot of great teaching practices and the, and the really important I guess big ticket items that have the evidence has shown that this these are the most important aspects of teaching for kids learning um, is translatable to basketball the, the questioning techniques the um, appropriate and uh, timely feedback yeah. to students or players Um the different style of learners, I guess. You know, some some people learn by looking, some by doing, some by seeing. So uh, uh, and hearing. Sorry. So being aware of the different learning styles. Um, again, yeah, that questioning. I think um, having that dialogue with players, not just constantly one direction and lecturing them all the time, um, asking those questions and getting their input. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of um, the big correlation between the two.
0: Yeah. yeah 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 and it sounds like um, like in my podcast with warwick can I talked a little about the uh, BQ style of play and um, and it's almost like a curriculum like really when you right. look at it um, and in terms of just I guess guidelines for for how you're going to implement uh, what you're going to do so um, yeah that's a good point I haven't had a, a lot to do with
1: BQ and that side of things to be honest is that with all the state teams and that you're referring to yeah yeah I guess yeah. it's like okay. that
0: sort of uh, blueprint for, for how the they, yeah. want, they want yeah. teams to play. Right. Um, yeah, so it's sort of interesting for me, you know, just to sort of uh, think about it in that way and not just sort of, uh, yeah. I guess, having well, an yeah, overall framework.
1: Right. You've got that, that curriculum there, that's right, and then you'd, you'd try and have your own flavour as a coach, I'd imagine, and like a teacher, your own style, yeah. um, working your classroom but still getting those key points across. Yeah, that, yeah. Would, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So uh, how would you, I guess, coming into the 2020 season, how would you define success? To say the season coming up.
1: Oh, we we want to win it. Um, <laughs> definitely. I, I yeah, I think we've got the team to win the championship. So that would that's my barometer. I mean, we were a possession away from being in the grand final last year. I'm not saying we would have won it. Spartans were a, a heck of a team and deserved to win it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, but I also don't want to just accept. <laughs> make it going one step better and making the final and then being happy with that, yeah. if, you, if that makes sense. So what? Yeah. that's our immediate goal is, yeah, do better than last year, which would be make the grand final series. But, I mean, if you make the grand final series, why can't you win it? So, uh, yeah, that would be our, our um, immediate, I guess, goal. Um, on top of that, I think another part of being successful for me personally would be the, this continual development of the big junior core that we have here. Yep. We've got um, a lot of good under-18 players that just won the gold at the state champs. Yeah. And, yeah, they, whilst they're still quite young, but they're going to play a role this year for us. Um, and so I just, you know, we and we need that moving forward, of course. Mm. Um. So yeah, to, to continually be able to develop those players, I'd um, I'd consider that a pretty successful season.
0: Yeah, and and I get I think you know, part of the success of like having players yeah who win say the state championships, but also you know perhaps uh, being able to go to college and obviously the Townsville player Alex Fowler went to University yeah. of Portland just recently. Like, is there any opportunity for you guys to get her to play like for you at any stage, or is it no? I don't think sh- Elig- I
1: think eligibility rules are out. Yeah. Um, I'd love to I, I talk to Alex semi-regularly yeah um, but yeah her, Haley Andrews they're at the same team yeah I think just being Div- I'm right I think I'm right Div one. well is yeah play. I,
0: th- I think it just sort of depends on the college itself and what their rules uh, are uh, yeah. I have heard different things about different colleges but um, yeah generally speaking if it's a Div 1 school you know they're just not allowed to pay with right. paid pay players over here so I need to look into that because if there's a chance
1: Alex can play <laughs> we, we we need her yeah she's, yeah. uh, she's going to be a hell of a player she's been killing it lately I think she's just had her third WCC Player of the Week award oh
0: wow um, that's great
1: yeah she's in the running I think for Player of the Year over in that conference oh wow um, she's she's been going really well and Haley Andrews as well
0: yeah, yeah as a freshman so, as a freshman
1: yep. yeah she just had 27-15 uh, they're about to play Gonzaga I think and that's going to be a big test for them but no they're, they're doing a lot better than everyone expected
0: yeah yeah nice do you guys are you sort of active in terms of player recruitment as well like um yeah so yeah with how do you how do you i guess yeah i was just wanted to ask what's your approach and and how do you get good information on potential recruits
1: yeah um yeah it's tricky and this the big learning curve for me uh last year and then this year and it's time consuming i've found oh yeah I'm sure a lot of a lot of people can attest to but yeah look it's a matter of I mean, people contact you. You get a thousand emails and messages on mes- on Facebook Messenger all the time. Certain players. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Eurobasket website where you can look up players. Um, emailing agents and getting them sending you uh, clips back. It's it's uh, pretty time consuming, but um, part of the part of the gig, I guess. Um, then there's also going through the WNBL rosters and sort of yeah. having a look at what you want to try and who you want to try and recruit it. <laughs> I feel like it's a bit harder just geographically up here, you know. Oh, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of the Queensland teams, you know, competing with the dollars of uh, NBL1 South. Yeah. Um, that makes it pretty hard to get some of those really elite WNBL players. But we we were lucky enough to get a few of the Fire players to sign with us this year, and um, and of course Jamie Sebo moving up here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've uh, we whilst we went through a pretty extensive recruitment process. We ended up not having to sign from too far away. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, and Mia, Mia Murray, of course, formerly Newly, she's uh, making a comeback this year. Uh, All right, having so a couple of years off from, you know, being a teacher herself and having a child. So yeah, she's uh, she'll hopefully play a big part for us. Yeah, so we've good. Got lucky with her. Yeah,
0: and who else have you got in the mix for your, your team this yeah. year? Uh,
1: so Alison Ebzeri uh, has signed with us. She play, was a development player with the Fire this year, um, but then. Got activated into our ten when Satina uh, Akuso went down with a knee. Um, so yeah, she's she's an elite defender. Can attack the rim. She, I compare her to sort of a Draymond Green in the sense that she's not. She won't get you thirty points, but she'll affect the game positively in other in every other area. Yeah, um, she's really tough. I really love her game. Uh, Darcy Garden signed with us, um, so it was a big pickup. <laughs> My wife, Lisa Brennan, who's played for Townsville for many, many years now. Um, she's going to continue to play for us and lead us. Um, yeah. yeah, I mentioned Mia and Jamie. And then, yeah, Liza Fabro, um, another fire development player. She's playing with us again. Oh, good. And then uh, a couple of sisters back from college, the Carey sisters, Harriet and Magella. And then a lot of our juniors that I mentioned before um, are going to be playing a role. Shailie Ward. Um, She's been on sort of, and Shaylee Browning, two Shelleys are in the state team for quite a few years. Yeah, so we've got quite a good squad.
0: Yeah, a fair bit of depth there as well. Yeah, I think so. Um,
1: <laughs> I hope those, as I mentioned, those juniors take another step because we, we're going to need them to. They're, um, whilst they're, you know, 17, 18, pretty young, you know, another one, um, Brianna Stevens, they, they can play. They just need to develop that confidence and, and, believes that they've got the skills that we're seeing all the time Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of that just comes with experience that's all part of it but yeah, um, yeah they're going to have to play so that'll add a bit of
0: depth to us for sure yeah good stuff and so any uh, how, how do you foresee the uh, is this the first time uh, you've coached with your with Lisa playing no she
1: played last year oh okay um, yeah we yeah it was a learning curve for both of us
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say what's the uh, drive home like yeah. after the game
1: yeah Pre-season last year was the drive We had a few interesting car rides. Um, I, I do feel for her because I'm I'm very conscious of not. I never want to be perceived as you know favouring my wife in any way. So I feel like I overcompensate and I'm probably harder on her than the rest of the team. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's moments where she responds to me differently than she would to another coach. So. Um, yeah, but we've gotten better. We've gotten a lot better. And she she got our coaches award last year, which. Um, was a bit of a laugh at the presentation night. Um, some of the boys were giving it to me, but <laughs> she, she earned that. She also got the Players Player Award. Yep. She was our one constant, now starting five all year. Um, she's a sort of player that she sacrificed a lot of shots for the rest of the crew. Um, very smart player. And, yeah, she was our captain for a reason. So we're pretty yeah. pleased that she wanted to come back again and I didn't scare her off last year. So,
0: anyway. <laughs> so yeah. What are your thoughts on the uh, captain's role? I've asked a few people on the podcast this and, you know, like I'm sort of thinking, is that a role which you leave it up to the captain to sort of uh, basically, you know, show a lot of the leadership or do you have more of a leadership group, you know, sort of concept?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it's a a good question. Um, I, I think this year we'll be looking at I mean, Lisa will be the captain, but we will have kind of a leadership group because Jamie is a leader herself. The way she plays, her experience, um, she's as tough as nails. So she'll she'll naturally, and she's a point guard, so she's the on-court leader. Yeah. Um, so she'll, and then Darcy Garvin's experience, Mia, her spirit experience. So we'll kind of have those unofficial leaders as well, but. Yeah, with I mean specifically with Lisa, I don't have to talk to her too much. Sometimes I might suggest a few things, but she's pretty good in the yeah. sense of she knows the right time when to give the team a spray or a pray or praise or huddle them up. And so, because I think that's really important, obviously that it's not always the coach going at the team. Yeah, you know, it needs to be some of the players leading that. Of course, so um, I'm pretty lucky with Lisa. She she gets it, and we're we're a similar style of course marrying each other um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so in that sense we're a bit lucky Um but I've, I've been involved in teams where you know every leader's different of course and mm. I think some of the pl- coaches have had to talk to them and suggest things um, but I guess it comes down to the individual really yep. yeah yeah
0: Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on the NBL One North branding? Uh, During my podcast, I'm just trying to sort of get a feel. for. Do you think it's like lift the profile from from the old QBL and uh, something a bit bigger and better?
1: Yeah, I think so. I've been asked a few times from from people about this and I I really don't have a – I don't know how practically it helps us and maybe that's just me being a bit ignorant. I'm sure there are ways but I don't get too involved in the administration side of things but – yeah, I think branding and just as you said, profile—it can't—it it can't be bad. Um, yes. Especially recruitment. I thought maybe, maybe if you know some, maybe some Americans people might be trying to recruit. All of a sudden, to seeing NBL one down south and thinking that's the natural pathway to then make the pros. Well, now we're also an NBL one. That, yeah. that's got to help, right? Yeah, yeah, um, sure. yeah. So I guess so. To it. yeah, the profile and it's it's also yeah, it's a bit of extra advertising. Some people that aren't necessarily in a basketball up here has spoken to me about it so they've heard about it
0: so Which yeah yeah it is and and i suppose good promotion for for people who want to um get on board as sponsors and that sort of thing like because it will be a a national nationally focused league yeah with, with a couple of conferences so um absolutely and
1: we're, we're looking for a couple ourselves anthony um, yeah. yeah so we've we've uh looking for a few naming right sponsors so if um Yeah, if anyone's listening (laughs) uh, and knows of someone, Townsville Basketball would love to hear from them because, um, yeah, it is. There'll be a lot of exposure there for any sort of business um, and also a great way to help out and promote basketball in Townsville for that again that pathway of the juniors especially those that 18 year old core i was talking about Mm. there's not i was talking to radio about this the other day and there isn't much of a you know from under 18s to then what there's not a strong youth league competition up in the north i'm not sure about in brisbane but yeah i think a lot especially in the girls side of things a lot drop off at that age and for us to be able to continue to promote um that rough age group of the 18 19 year olds Um, I think it's really important for women's sport, not just basketball.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to Jason Chaney on the podcast who's coaching over there at Div 1 school as well, and he sort of said, you know, uh, a lot of those players have a pretty successful basketball career in Div 1, and then, you know, not a lot of them go on after that. To either Europe or a professional league anywhere, they um, pretty much finish up. So, Right. so, yeah, I think you're right. There is a bit of a bit of a gap there. And, and maybe, you know, like the three-on-three three is, is an opportunity for, for people mm-hmm. to keep playing, you know, at, at that age uh, and, you know, still be involved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously that's taking off. Um, I haven't got into it too much myself. But, um, yeah, it seems like it's a fun, another fun way to play it yeah (laughs) yeah well play on the weekends when i was growing up but (laughs) that's all it was
0: yeah yeah i was just thinking is it keely froling or alicia who's the um, in the australian three-on-three team so uh, i bet you'd love to have one of those two playing for you absolutely alicia was um (laughs)
1: alicia was alicia was big time for us last year yeah even with one hand she um i don't know if you heard about her wrist and everything but she couldn't shoot her 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 mechanics were broken and um just from a previous injury. So her wrist was actually busted up and she still was one of the best players in the league. So um, unfortunately we couldn't get her back this year, but yeah, Keely, Alicia, we'd have any of them, but not to be not
0: to be this year. <laughs> no, oh, well, that's uh, that's what happens. But um, yep. anyway, I think um, sounds like you got everything. Um, you got a good group coming together for this this year, and I just wanted to wish you guys all the best of luck. It sort of sounds too like you're getting sort of fairly well, um, you know, embedded in terms of being the second year in, and you'll be able to keep doing what you what you're planning on doing with the team.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I appreciate the chat today. Um, yeah, thanks. We've, yeah, we do. We've got a great team um, and great group of people off the court. And I really mean that. That's yeah. one of the big things we wanted to do with recruitment was get a get a good, the right people. Um, so, we, you know, you've got to enjoy your time. At the, end yeah. of the day, it's a pretty big commitment. And you still want to have fun, right? So, um, we made sure we signed the right players in that sense. And it'll work hard, but also, you know, yeah, do the right thing within the community, the club, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. should be a great year.
0: Good stuff. Well, um, thanks again, Luke, for uh, joining the podcast today. It's, I'm getting around and talking to all the uh, NBL1 North Conference coaches. So great to hear from you and, and, and your plans for the year. So thanks very much.
1: Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No
0: worries. It. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can get in touch with me through my email at Australian Basketball Coach at gmail.com. That's Australian Basketball Coach, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. Also, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at OzBeeBall Coach and also on Facebook with Australian Basketball Coach. So, uh, looking forward to hearing from you and thanks again for listening.